Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You know what? No, I didn't take anything positive out of it yesterday. It was awful. Why? Why? Yeah. Were you watching? Yes. Is anyone watching? <laughs> I mean, please, when did you ever see a, a well, well, it's Zach. We'll stay on Zach. You sit down? You sit down on the play? You go right down? What happens? I thought you are trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play? Mm-hmm. What is going on? It's disgusting. I just think for a fan, for this fan, they need to make major changes from top to bottom. Change. Does that include the head coach? Yes. Oh, you said it right. You said it right, Mike Hill. Mike Hill? What's up, Mike Hill? And listen, it ain't every day I get to do a show with Mike Hill, so I'm excited about that. Welcome to brother from another. Uh, And and, no, go ahead. I I was I was about I interrupted. Go ahead. What do you got to say? Let me tell you something. I am honored. I am blessed to be doing a show with you, man. Uh, I've always been a big fan of yours. I got a chance to come on last week and get a taste of brother from another. I've been watching the show. Yeah, love what you and Mike are doing, man. So. To have this platform to be able to sit up here and to talk sports and other things with my man Michael Holly, I'm in the house, my baby. Well, let's what? do it. Let's, let's do it. Do it. Uh, for those watching on Peacock TV, we appreciate you listening on Sirius XM Channel 85. However, you're consuming the show, YouTube, we appreciate you. We love you. And I mentioned Peacock. I mentioned Peacock, Mike Hill, because imagine uh, this is, I want people to have perspective. You're in New York. Mm-hmm. You grew up in New York, Mike. Are you in New York? I was, born, I was born in New York. New York will always be home, but I left at an early age, so I consider myself an Alabama boy. I was I was raised in Bessemer, Alabama, but New York still. This is perfect. This is, yeah. this is perfect. This, this example is perfect then. So for just for perspective, Joe Namath coming at the Jets like he did yesterday, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, roll tide in Alabama. It's like the yeah. tide coming in. It's like coming in on the team. Like, wait a minute, you're supposed to you're supposed to have our backs. You ain't supposed to be attacking us. It's kind of like it's kind of like Peacock, Peacock coming for us. Wait a minute, Peacock, you you're supposed to be peacocking. You ain't supposed to be attacking us. So Joe Namath attacking the Jets. He called out in that clip. He started to call out Robert Sala. He also called out Joe Douglas, the general manager. He don't want to see Zach Wilson anymore, but Robert mm. Robert Sala, Robert Sala is steadfast. He says unquestionably, Zach Wilson is our quarterback. I want to ask you, Mike, 
is he right? Is he right to take the position that he's taking? Uh, Salah. Is Salah right? Is Joe Namath right? Where, where do you stand? I'm on Salah because you asked me about Salah first. And yeah, he said that Zach Wilson is much improved. He only had up to go from last year and from the year before that. We've seen what he is. Eight and 16 is a starting quarterback, completing 55% of his passes in the NFL quarterback in his league right now. And he said he's our unquestioned quarterback. But Michael Holly, here's the thing, and I know they just brought somebody in. They just signed somebody, uh, Trevor Simeon, to the practice squad. But if you're the New York Jets and you had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and you kept this guy around because maybe Robert Sala was the one who drafted him and maybe felt a little allegiance to him or whatnot. But if you're the New York Jets, you're almost like uh, Richard Gere uh, talking to Lou Gossett Jr. and an officer in the gentleman. You remember that movie way back in the day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, great movie. <laughs> And you got Zach Wilson on your team, and backing him up is a guy named Tim Boyle, who I don't even know. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. What are you going to do right now? So you have to say that because he is your quarterback for right now. Matt Ryan said, I ain't coming out of this plush studio right now. (laughs) You have to go to that mess over there. I'm not doing that. And then the other option would be somebody like Carson Wentz who's been bounced around. Is he a better option right now? So, no. They want to win football games. So if you're Robert Sala, he's saying what he has to say. And once again, I think maybe it's just a little bit of an allegiance because he and Douglas are the ones who drafted him. We'll get to Joe Namath in a second. But what are your, what's your well, take? Well, well here, here, here's my thought on it. All right. First of all, you mentioned Carson Wentz. And I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. But if you go back and look, I know numbers can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. Numbers can be deceiving, although Zach Wilson's numbers are not deceiving. Zach Wilson's numbers tell you exactly what you're seeing on the field. But Carson Wentz, I, I just want you to go back and look. Carson Wentz got kicked out of Indianapolis by putting up mm-hmm. these numbers: twenty-seven touchdown passes, seven mm-hmm. interceptions. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh, that that was uh, twenty-seven and seven. His last year in Indianapolis." They kicked him out of there. They didn't like it, and they put everything on him. Remember, they needed to win one game to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They went to Jacksonville. They got they got pushed around by Jacksonville and, and Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence's rookie year. And so they, okay, we're going to put that on Carson. You get out of here. And they still, they, they were looking for a quarterback until they finally found one in Anthony Richardson. So Carson Wentz is not a great option, but still a better option than Zach Wilson. Nick Foles, not a great option. He's bounced around. He's played for a half dozen teams. Not a great option. Mm-hmm. Still a better option. Look, I understand. See, Robert Sala, I, if I were writing a, a, a novel, oh, I'd have a good time with this, Mike, because our main character, our main character is in crisis right now. He's in crisis. He's got a decision to make. And as an author, I don't know what I'm going to have him do. I have no idea what I'm going to have him do. On one hand, uh, if he sticks with Zach, he risks losing his team because mm-hmm. they're mad. Like Garrett Wilson is mad. He just like mm, he he's making mm-hmm. himself do doing that to himself because he he knows he wants to say something foul. He wants to be ratchet, but he can't right, right now. But wait till next week. Then right. on the other hand, look, I, I want to be uh, if, if I stick with Zach Wilson. If I if I stick with Zach. You know, maybe the team goes away a little bit. They start to fracture. But I'm trying to send the message that a quarterback in his third year 
we're so spoiled. If, if I'm Robert Sala, this is my Robert Sala rational mind. We're so spoiled. We want it all so fast. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you got to have a setback before you go forward. Michael, Michael, hold on right. a second. You, might, you, you, you said the Jets. Who's what spoiled? What's spoiled? What did the Nets and New York Jets ain't made the playoffs in 12 years? on holding on to Zach Wilson. But once again, he has nowhere else to go. So, like, you're right. The other options are bring in a guy like Nick Foles. Bring in a guy like Carson Wentz. You can't. But we don't know what their situations are. I'm pretty sure they reached out and tried to do it. Now, the fact that they got in Trevor Simeon, maybe that's the best that the Jets can do. Maybe nobody wants to go into that situation knowing what the Jets are right now. But Robert Solomon, if he continues to hitch his wagon, like you said, to, 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 to Zach Wilson and continues to defend this guy in his poor play when Zach Wilson didn't defend him, tried to defend himself last year and tried to throw the team under the bus. People forget about that in that news conference where he basically said, it ain't my fault. As a quarterback, as a leader of the team, you should know that it is always your fault when you lose and it is your responsibility and you get the glory when you win. That's when Zach Wilson lost me. But once again, if Salah continues to hold on to this guy, you think that Wilson saying that on the field is one thing? Michael Holland, what is he saying behind closed doors? What are they saying behind closed doors? And that's the offense. The offense is frustrating. How about that defense? They got enough yeah. good defense to win a Super Bowl really good with Quinn Williams yeah. and Juice and all those guys and C.J. Moore. They got a really good defense. Their defense is keeping them in football games. But because you got a guy like Zach Wilson in that offense, you got a good offense. Don't get me wrong. You got playmakers. You got Brees Hall. You got Dalvin Cook. You got guys who can make things happen on the football field, but you don't have that guy who can pull the trigger. So if you want to go to Joe Namath, Joe Namath is right. And for you to say, Joe Namath can say that. You know why he can say that? Because he's a legend. He's the only person he ever won a Super Bowl who took him there. Joe Namath. So he has the right to say what he said. Yeah, he's, I, I'm not saying he had a he didn't have a right to say it. Uh, I'm, I'm just surprised that he came so hard at the Jets. He's coming at everybody, you know. And, and it's interesting. I'll give him this. Uh, he didn't say anything where I where I went. Oh, I can't believe he said that. It was more mm-hmm. like I can't believe he said that. <laughs> you know, not it's not the content. It's really the speaker. But he brings up an interesting point. Zach Wilson. And Robert Sala uh, kind of alluded to this mm-hmm. yesterday or you know, a couple of days ago. He said, he's not the reason we lost. Hmm. Nobody really followed up. So if Zach mm-hmm. Wilson's not the reason you lost the game. Why do you think you lost the game? Because a lot of people have skated. A lot of people have skated. We're not, we're not talking Think about uh, all the issues with the Jets. We're not talking about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking about Sala, whose career record is 12 and 25. We ain't talking about him. Uh, we're not talking about Joe Douglas. Like one of the mm-hmm. reasons the offensive line has struggled is because they drafted a guy in the first round, a mountain of a man, Makai Becton, but you know, like right tackle, they moved him to right tackle. They're not happy with him. He's supposed to be a left tackle. They moved him to right tackle because of injuries. They moved him back to left tackle. Not great. 
Uh, he he really got overwhelmed in that key safety. I know Zach Wilson was holding the ball too long, but Becton did a bad job. He let Matthew Judon just come right up inside him, and uh, it got to the quarterback pretty easily. So Zach Wilson look, is a very convenient. He's bad, but he's a very convenient look, look, scapegoat look, look, too. He covers all. He, the, he covers everybody. Even Namus said like he's taking sacks and nobody's around, right? So you you gotta have a protection. And believe this is the same offensive line that was gonna protect Aaron Rodgers, right? And Aaron Rodgers, they had high hopes for Aaron Rodgers behind that offensive line. Like, look, Aaron Rodgers is a different reader. Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy who's so great that he makes other players around him great. He also knows how to get rid of the football. That's why he doesn't take a lot of sacks. That's why he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions because he's smart with the football. He knows where to go with the football. I get that. But the reason why, the only thing I'll take away, take away from uh, Joe Namath and what he said about the whole situation, yes, Zach Wilson is not your answer at the quarterback because he he's basically, in a sense, when it comes to NFL quarterbacks, a waste of skin. That's just that. In the NFL, not as a human being, not as a person, but as an NFL quarterback, he's not good. But when it comes to what Douglas has been able to do uh, as a general manager, look at the draft picks they brought in, bro. They got they are responsible for getting Aaron Rodgers to come there, even if they had to bring Hackett in as the offensive coordinator. They drafted Brees Hall. They drafted Wilson. They got guys like Quentin Williams, who's on the team. I know he was there before, but but they got guys like that. They they re-signed him to huge contracts, whatever. So they have been able to put together a great football team. The only thing that is missing right now is a solid quarterback, and that's the re- now the thing is I thought looking at hard knocks. I thought that Zach Wilson was going to benefit from having having Aaron Rodgers. My, you know, you know. Sometimes you, yeah, me you, too. The, me too. The league is too fast too, for Mike. you. The league is too quick. Aaron Rodgers coming there, you know, that's just where I thought the same thing for Jameis Winston in, in New Orleans when it came to even though Jameis Winston, Winston is a veteran to have somebody there um, to, to to sit behind a guy like Drew Brees when he first got there. Uh, when Drew Brees before he retired from the league, I thought these guys would be able to benefit from having these great quarterbacks come in. Now, Zach obviously hasn't learned yet, but maybe it's a matter of time. Maybe they're seeing something in practice that we're not privy to that maybe will come out and, and come to fruition. But right now, if you see how the offensive linemen and the uh, the offensive players and the defensive players for the Jets are reacting, they're not seeing that in practice either. I got one question for you before I transition to a, a, another topic. One question for you, okay? We always hear mm-hmm. this. Hey, Mike, if you're starting a team, so we really, we're going to make ourselves uh, general managers, president, president slash general manager. Because, okay. you know, these, oh, you know some, some of these, some of these present team presidents be finicky. So I want to be president and general manager, you know, a little self-preservation here. So I am president, oh. general manager of my franchise, right. and you are president, general manager of yours. Now, this is one thing we have to do. We have to pick one of these in a draft. We had like in the fourth round, our fourth round pick is determined. We got to pick one of them. And once we make this pick, this this person has to be on the staff or roster the entire year, our first year as a franchise. So okay. you have to pick either Nathaniel Hackett or Zach Wilson. Because uh, you look at Nathaniel Hackett's last like 20 games. Um, they ain't been pretty either. <laughs> I mean, ain't, ain't a lot of 20 point. He ain't reached 20. They haven't reached yeah. 20 with him calling plays. So it's a we got a little bit of a drought with him, too. We haven't yeah. mentioned his name. We keep talking about Zach, but you got to pick one of them. Who you going to pick? Your fourth round, you got to pick one of them. Who are you, who, who you taking? 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to go Zach Wilson for the, just for the reasons you mentioned, because Zach Wilson is still a young player. I just hope that his mindset can change and he can flip it. And he's still got the tools to get it done, but maybe he just uh, – yeah. and it's also New York. Come on, Holly, you know how it is, man. Some yeah. people just cannot play under those bright lights. New York has brighter lights than anybody. I don't care, Vegas – you can say what you want to, any team in LA, whatever. There are no lights right. brighter than the lights in That's New York. Right. I've seen veterans, future Hall of Famers crumble under those lights, under that spotlight, under that media scrutiny in the fans. So maybe Zach Wilson just needs a restart to refresh, get his career going. And he could have a solid career somewhere, but it's got to be somewhere else where he's not going to have that kind of uh, pressure on him. Yeah, well, I'm digging Zach Wilson too. I just happen to keep three quarterbacks. As a matter of fact, that year I might keep four quarterbacks. Just I just want to bury him. I just want to bury him. We ain't gonna get to him. You ain't gonna play Zach, but you got to be on the roster because that's hey, just the terms. Before, before you move uh, on, though, here's here's something that yeah. people aren't talking about that 2021 draft right now. You look at Zach Wilson, who was selected second overall. Uh, you talking about Trey Lance in that in that pick, Justin Fields. Yeah. All three of those quarterbacks right now, and then you look at the other two first-rounders in that, Trevor Lawrence and Matt Jones were having good seasons and good careers so far, even though Matt Jones kind of backed off a little bit. Like, what – so it's not just Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, we're talking about what's going to happen with him. Trey Lance has already moved on from his team, and it looks like Justin Fields and it looks like Zach Wilson will be moving on from their team after this season. Yeah, and that's a, that's a topic that we got to get to – um, later, because I have some, I have some thoughts about it. You know, I think it's uh, we probably have to rethink. You know, pro teams going to have to rethink how they view college quarterbacks and think about how they translate from college to the pros, because that was shocking. Now, those five first round quarterbacks, and we said just a couple years ago, hey, one day we'll find out who'll make it and uh, and, and who won't. One day, just two years ago. Hey, yes. like, oh, one day in the future. No, two years later, we're already rethinking that. Let me ask you, speaking of rethinking, mm-hmm. because we all we all know about love. We love a good love story. And, you know, some oh. of them work out, some of them don't. Uh, we you all know, know that. Know. We've all right. you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, still, I'm still, I'm still, 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 still good going through my therapy. It's less than a year since my last book. <laughs> and it was very but, funny. Hey, <laughs> but, hey, but I like you said therapy, though. I like you said yeah. therapy. Good for you, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do yeah. that. Celebrate that. Yeah. I, I like therapy. It's good for all of us. Um, and so what so what do you think? Since you are you are experienced in matters of love, uh, Mike Hill, how do you see these kids here? These kids, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. When Taylor Swift comes into your life, everything yeah. changes for you. You have a lot of new friends. You talk about those bright lights. You got lights brighter than New York City because you got international lights. New York, yeah. Paris, London, all over the world. They're looking at you, Sydney, Australia, you name it. You are Swifty now if you yeah. are dating Taylor Swift. So how, how do you uh, how do you see Taylor and Travis, the, the new it couple in the world? So here's here's because I do have experience in this. Now I had a career and I thought I had a really successful career before I married my last wife, who happened to be a reality show star, right? And she was, you know, slightly more popular than me in some lights, some ways, and some venues and some platforms and whatnot. 
Uh, she had more Twitter followers and Instagram followers than me and whatnot. So she was more popular in that regards. But having her come into my life, yeah, was there an upgrade that my stock go up a little bit, that my Twitter followers go up, my Instagram? Absolutely. So I can understand Travis Kelsey. But I will tell you, being in a public relationship like that, when you have already accomplished so much as Travis Kelsey has accomplished with Taylor Swift, there is a different level of scrutiny that he's going to be under, to be honest with you. His every move is always going to be dissected, no matter what he's doing. And here's what I fear. Even though his jersey sales went up 400%, even though more people know who Travis Kelsey is who don't even watch NFL football, the NFL right now, the fear is what happens if Travis, who's considerably the best tight end in the game right now, he is, if he starts to fall off, then he goes from being Travis Kelsey to Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson. Then all of a sudden, all those people were in Kansas City that saying, hey, this is great. This is wonderful for Travis Kelsey, as long as he's playing good football. Because if he's not, there is going to be a war. And I would not want to see the war between Kansas City Chiefs fans and the Swifties out there. That will be, that will be like World War III. Because I don't know if you've ever gone up against the Swifties. Nope, right. it is going to be a little you, bad. You, you about to go there. You about to go there, Mike. Yeah. Um, Swifties versus everybody. Uh, I got the Swifties over everybody. Over everybody. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Hey, listen, you can't go. Like you can't go up against the Swifties. You can't go up against the Beehive. I mean, there are certain there are certain armies you just mm-hmm. don't want to deal with. So, mm-hmm. like, Chiefs fans, hey, Chiefs fans, y'all ain't got enough. You ain't got enough because mm-hmm. even if you were saying, hey, oh, we won all these championships, uh, we, we are a budding dynasty, still, you are, you are a regional, you are a regional operation. Let's say they're Chiefs fans. You got some Chiefs fans in New York. Let's say you got some Chiefs fans in California. You still can't match the Swifties. Man. Don't try to, don't come for the Swifties. You can't match them. You're not going to win. They're not going to win. You know, going to win. It's not going to. One thing about it, though, it's like, it's so it becomes a whole thing when they made it public. And I don't know. Somebody even mentioned that. Is this a stunt? Are they trolling us because of that? Because Travis Kelsey has been bringing it up. And usually when you're in that kind of relationship, I believe me, if I'm ever in a relationship like that again, nobody will ever know about it. Seriously. Because you put yourself out there for that type of criticism because you're every move. Now, the thing is, you usually don't hear about Taylor Swift's boyfriends or their, her love interest until after the fact because she's very, very private, right? So once it comes out, then she writes a song about him. I'm just waiting for the Travis Kelsey song to come out. And she writes that song about him that becomes a number one hit. Then all the Swifties are going to hate Kansas City. They're going to burn the jerseys in effigy. So, <laughs> so I hope it lasts. I hope it lasts for a long period of time because even though he still gets paid for all those jerseys that they bought, yeah, nobody wants to see their jerseys burn. I mean, I'm pretty sure it still hurts LeBron to see his Cleveland Cavaliers jersey burn when he went to Miami, even though he got paid for it. I know Andy Reid is thinking, Mike, you know, just give me the mid-February, okay? And like, just, give, <laughs> just, just get me through the Super Bowl and then whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. okay, maybe Super Bowl, we win it. Get us through the parade. May- oh, can you imagine? Taylor Swift yeah. at a parade. That would be the most well-attended. Kansas City would be the center of the world. 
if if they win it again and Taylor's at the parade, Taylor's version parade. Oh, then a concert, then a mini Taylor Swift concert afterwards with Jason Kelsey, with uh, Travis Kelsey singing background. Come on, man. But and here's the thing: as as a little brother myself, I'm a little brother. If I'm Jason, I'm like, wait a minute. Homegirl's an Eagles fan, and she with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm married and everything. I mean, like, hey, but I'm saying, Travis, good looking dude, and you think that, and I, nothing of the Swifty fans, please don't come for me right now because I love you to death. I, I said one thing about uh, Taylor Swift about three years ago on on Twitter, and they came for me hard. So that's why I know I still, I'm still blowing my ass back to be quite honest with you for that because they came. <laughs> hard. What I'm saying is, and I know how the Beyonce Beehive get down as well. But I also know that what happens, what happens <laughs> if there's another Philadelphia Eagle Kansas City Chief rematch in the Super Bowl? Who is she gonna go for? What happens there? It's going to get but I wish them well. To be like continued. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we're all in this thing together as a team. Um, and there's a lot to learn. Um, there's a lot to grow from. Um, like I said, uh, there's also a lot of, lot of perspective to understand that, um, you know, 0-3 doesn't feel good, um, but the reality is we got 14 games left, and you got to put your blinders on, and you got to know that it's a race, and you got to know that it's a journey, and you got to know that it's a battle, and you got to know that you're you're starting in the, in the far outside lane, and uh, you know, and all we all we can do is keep keep focus on on the fundamentals and the details, and that's what will get us you know uh, to where we want to go. It's gonna it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a journey. It's gonna be ups and downs. Um, you know, and I think the big, biggest thing we can do is continue to focus on on what we can do together as a team. Mm. All right, uh, I don't know uh, if you guys are counting the cliches. Maybe that's what you're counting right now. Uh, Doc Johnson, <laughs> uh, Jason Johnson joins us. Uh, the cliche count. I got about uh, 26 of them uh, right mm-hmm. there, and it good? was impressive. It was like it, it was like a, a, a rapper just stuffing all kinds of puns. All at the same time, just like spit it out. Oh my God! If they, listen, if that's what's gonna happen, y'all might go zero and seventeen. Anyway, I'm just gonna no. sit back 
and listen to Jason Johnson and Mike Hill give me uh, lots of reasons why we shouldn't panic uh, about the Denver Broncos losing by 50 points on Sunday to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Doc Johnson, can you hear us? Uh, if you can, can he hear us? Can, can Jason Johnson hear us? He's got his head down. He is. No, he is. Okay. All right. Well, all right. We'll come back. I, I, I thought it was a bit because you know what, Jason, Jason doing this, I thought it was a bit he was working on because he's got that kind of sense of humor, but uh, we some technical difficulties, but we will get back to him in a second. Um, Mike, are you about to make some excuses for Russell Wilson? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to ignore the question because we, we just saw a team get beat by 50 points and give up 70 points. And you you asking me <laughs> to find reasons. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to do a, can I ask AI? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, don't, I don't think artificial intelligence has answers to this right now, bro. Artificial, like, don't ask me no stupid shit like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't even know if I can curse on the show. I, I, please, I, this might be my first and last time hosting the show. <laughs> but, uh, no, 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 no. We love it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Listen. Okay, I, I saw Mike. I saw Mike before, so I'm like, okay, but is it? So he can do it. But no, man, I'm just I, the only reprieve that I can say that for the Denver Broncos is that they got Chicago next week. <laughs> so <laughs> ask me that question after they if they lose to Chicago, then just go ahead and cancel the rest of the season. Go ahead and just release Russell Wilson and just allow him to go. So I know you got to pay him. You got to do something. Try and trade him or whatever. But it's the end of the year. Uh, Sean Payton set himself up. I'm a big Sean Payton fan. Sean Payton used to work with us over at Fox Sports. I saw Sean Payton five minutes after he got the job. I saw him and he was excited. He was excited about Russell Wilson coming in. He did say that he was going to cut out some of the things that Russell Wilson got away with in Denver or whatever. It's going to be more of a team thing. And I think both of them kind of set themselves up because Russell came in did not ingratiate himself uh, with his teammates coming in with the office and this preferential treatment. I know he was a Super Bowl champion in Seattle, but the one of the reasons he left Seattle is because he wanted to prove something, and that's why he went to Denver. Well, you haven't proven anything since you've been in Denver. But one thing I will say about Russell Wilson is two things, by the way. It's not his fault that the team gave up 70 points. And yes, no, he did not score a lot of points himself, and he did not do well, even though he threw over 300 yards. And Russell Wilson can still smile when he goes home because he's still married to Seattle. I mean, that's, okay. that right. guy counts. Yeah, that counts for something, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so so uh, three and zero at home, zero and three on the field. Okay, it balances out. That's about five hundred. That's about <laughs> that's about five hundred. All right, Doc Johnson, uh, you're back. Uh, I know you're about to make some excuses for your boy, uh, Russell Wilson and his Broncos. Go wow. ahead, have at it. Wow. I'm listening. Wow, Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me I'm, tell I'm you for something. It. Go ahead. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't care if it's sausage, brisket, brisket, or turkey. Sean Payton deserves all the smoke he gonna get. Okay? He deserves all the smoke. Sean Payton, who only won one Super Bowl, who massively underachieved with the, with the New Orleans Saints, who got in trouble for engaging in one of the few terrible things that you can actually do in the NFL, which is trying to actively harm other players. That Sean Payton spent the entire summer talking cash money-ish about everything and everybody he could. And now he is being exposed for the overrated coach that he has always been. 
And I cannot stand the fact that anybody in all those sports is pretending that this has anything to do with Russell Wilson. And you guys have the data. I, I, I show the screen in the back. I send it to the producers. Russell Wilson okay, we'll is we'll from, QB, from a QBR standpoint. He's top eight. He's pretty much matched with Mahomes, and they still own three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, so you you put it on you put it on Sean Payton, Doc. Uh, how, how about you, Mike? Uh, you said you work with Payton. Uh, yeah. You buy it? Is Payton a big he, part of the problem? Here's the thing: he because he he wrote a check that is <laughs> he, his top wrote a check that is you know what ain't cashing at all. It's bouncing all this over. Tweet. This tweet is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Well, Russell Wilson does not play defense. That's 70 points right there. 70 points. He is not responsible for that. But all and I saw after the game, Russell Wilson is not the answer. Russell Wilson can't play. Like, so if you're going to look at the defense coordinator, you got to look at the defense coordinator, but it all starts with the head coach. Because if you look at the Denver Broncos last year, and I don't know if you're a, a Broncos fan, Jason, but the Broncos last year, even though they finished with a losing record, Seven or eight of those games were one-possession games. And I thought Sean Payton coming in yeah. was good for one possession, for one touchdown to turn things around. So I'm severely disappointed that this Denver Broncos team is severely underachieving this year and that they got 70 points scored on them. But that is not Russell Wilson's fault. It's easy, once again, like we look at Zach Wilson, you the, the quarterback is to blame when they lose and he is to, to give them all the credit when they win. But you cannot throw everything on Russell Wilson when your team gave up 70 points, one of four teams in NFL history. And the NFL been around for a long damn time. You cannot blame the quarterback for that. I'm sorry. So, but Mike, we, I'll go one here, step further on that. And this is ahead, what really bothers ahead, me. And I think this is a larger issue. This is this is a larger issue that we're seeing in sports, which is why it's always wonderful to talk to you brothers on this show. Part of why we have this narrative that it's Russell Wilson's fault is one racial and two professional. Because we see when you have journalists talking about football instead of always former athletes, sometimes you'll have these conversations. Sometimes you'll have mm -hmm. people who are making a conversation saying, hey, wait a minute, let's look at the entire picture here instead of being too focused on athletes. And this is not a slam on anyone who does analysis who used to play the sport. But we've all seen that there is a larger issue going on here in sports analysis and sports television where brothers and sisters who are actual journalists who have a career of analyzing these games are being pushed out in favor of people who used to play. That's why you see mm -hmm. so much focus on Russell Wilson. That's why you can see Sean Spaten spend all of last week setting the groundwork to blame Russ. All that conversation. He needs a wristband. I don't know if he understands the verbiage. That kind of race-laden commentary, you always hear it with black athletes. You always hear Kyler Murray can't get it. Uh, Justin Fields can't get it. Trey Lance can't get it. Ain't nobody ever said Mitch Trubisky can't understand the lingo. Ain't nobody said that, that Kirk Cousins has learning disabilities with heavy verbiage. It is race-laden commentary to slam mm -hmm. African-American athletes that they can get away with because it's easier to focus on players instead of team structure if you don't have the right people having the discussion. And that is why I will to this day, not just because he happens to be the former quarterback of my favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks, but because Russell Wilson can't take the blame for what are structural issues within the organization that had a top five defense last year and has now given up 70 points a game like a high school basketball score. Right. Yeah, right. We, we know. I mean, listen, that's part. That's always that, that's a part of the conversation. I'll say it's part of it with Russ. It's a little more complicated than that because of who he, he is a he is a polarizing guy 
for those, particularly for those who have played with him. Okay, mm -hmm. so R Richard Sherman ain't, ain't got a lot of love for mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. I don't know if I there's any. Uh, are, are there racial dynamics to play? I don't know. Does he feel like he's not, you know, quote unquote, black enough? I, I don't know. There, that's, that's all been speculated about mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, and that's dangerous ground to go down anyway. It's just dangerous. You start going down there now, you're getting into real trouble. But Russell Wilson is that guy where some people really love him and swear by him, and other people just say, okay, he's a he's a phony, he's not a real leader, some. It's not just that. It's not just uh, the very real and valid uh, criticisms that you have uh, brought up. But with, with Russell, there's a little bit more in the gumbo there. I'm not sure. I can't qu quite put my finger on it. Mike, maybe you can, but there's a lot more going on with Russell Wilson. I think, I think it's a combination of what you both just said. I think they're obviously in the NFL when it comes to certain people, when they say certain things about certain players, there's going to be a racial dynamic that's under, underlying there. We know that. We've seen that with coaches. There's a reason why Colin Kaepernick can't get another opportunity playing in the NFL. Oh, he's not good enough. They're, come on, man. We understand what's going on. We see that. And it's, they're not smart enough. Or the general managers aren't. So we see that. So that was the case. It could be with Russell, I think there could be a small component of that when it comes to uh, certain media outlets or certain analysts that are out there. But I also agree with you, Holly. I think he was getting some of that, that criticism and some of that hate, in a sense, from some of his own teammates who happen to be black. I think there is a jealousy component as well when it comes to Russell Wilson uh, being in Seattle. I think because when he first got there, he was this country boy. He was married to somebody else. And then all of a sudden, Sierra comes in his life. And all of a sudden, he starts getting shy. And then all of a sudden, it's like women are saying, oh, Sierra's prayer. And we want a man like Russell Wilson. You cannot tell me that does not come into play when he's getting a lot of the attention and other players on the team aren't getting the credit they feel like they deserve. Hence, he leaves Seattle, he goes to Denver, and then he alienates himself even more. So he put a little bit on himself by getting, which if you can get it, get it. You shouldn't hate on somebody for getting something that somebody was willing to give you. He gets his own office, his own parking space. He's not one of the guys. Then all of a sudden it becomes fake because he's doing calisthenics, going up and down the aisle on the plane and whatnot. So they think it's a huge act. Plus, he's still getting the spotlight out there because he's being seen on Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, and not just on NFL Live. So I believe what you guys are saying is a whole combination. It's a gumbo when it comes to Russell Wilson that there are certain people who like him, but there are still too many people out there that dislike him for whatever reason. I would make this argument, Mike. I would make this argument. I think the people that dislike him get a disproportionate amount of airtime. Because let's be honest, mm -hmm. he's still friends mm -hmm. with DK Metcalf. He was just at Tyler Lockett's wedding. They they tried to make a whole issue last summer about how many people showed up in his birthday. Three quarters of the team showed up to the guy's birthday. It's just that it's a much juicier story to go mm -hmm. after one particular individual than it is to talk about larger structural mm. things that may be happening. I'm not going to go mm. into the backgrounds of Richard Sherman and everything else like that, but ye who is not guilty of certain other issues cast the first stone. The way in well, which there on. is an unhealthy Come focus on, on Russell Wilson and hatred for him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a hatred for him that we haven't seen for people who have actually committed crimes. You, you mm -hmm. want to talk about who's stealing a paycheck? Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. You want to talk mm -hmm. about people who weren't easy to work with? Let's talk about Derek Carr. 
We don't have those conversations enough because it's much easier to attack him. And it all goes back to what we saw on Sunday, which was an absolute lack of coaching and preparation. I mean, I'm sorry. I saw yeah. that first touchdown by Tyreek Hill. I thought he was in the middle of a St. Patrick's parade. There was nothing but green around that man. <laughs> nothing but green. That's a coaching issue. Even with Russell Wilson, where you say he's not as strong in the second half as he is in the first. That's a coaching issue. Yeah. If you keep if you are great in the first half and keep getting blown out in the second, that means your coach ain't making halftime adjustments. We've got to stop letting people talk about this particular man. And I'm not saying he's long for this team. They're going to get rid of him at the end of the season. No question. Right. But this team is still going to be bad next year with Russell Wilson. So ain't interesting. Playing. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Mike uh, and Jason, we're talking about, uh, and Jason brings up a great point of why we focus on the individual when there's something larger going on here. You can have that conversation about Sunday and the Denver Broncos, or you can have that conversation about Saturday and a team up the road, the Colorado Buffaloes. Let's hear from Deion Sanders. I don't believe a good buck kicking to get you back on track. I don't believe in that. I believe on you're going to get yourself back on track no matter if you win or lose. I kind of evaluate things the same no matter if we up and down. You should be able to tell uh, my family, uh, my significant others, my sons, my daughter, she ain't been able to tell if I won or lost by the tone of my voice. Should be consistent. Where we go from now is vital. What we do on this particular day is vital. How we proceed to take the next step is vital. What you think about yourself is vital. How you learn throughout this adversity is vital. Everything from here on now is vital because you think you were watched before, but now everybody has their eyes on you because guess what? They want to know how you respond. We want to know how you respond. Your teammates want to know how you respond. Your family, your significant, your girlfriend, your friends, everyone wants to know how do you respond. I want to know how you're going to respond. Mm. Let me tell you what, man. That dude can talk. <laughs> he really can. Uh, he's interesting. So, so Dion, and Dion, uh, he said that, and he also said in a, a phone call, he said, uh, you know, some of these reporters are asking him, why are people rooting for you to lose? Now, I think more people are rooting for Colorado to win than lose. Depends on what kind of company you're in. Right. If you're in this company right here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are rooting for him to win. If you're mm-hmm. in a company of old-time college coaches, they're rooting for him to lose. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the company of those who are tuning in at the United States of America, I think most people want to see Colorado win. But... Dion pointed out, hey, he's getting so much attention. He said, y'all say it. I don't, don't make me say it. Y'all say, you know why. Jason Johnson, is he right? Is that why he people are, have so much to say about Dion? 1,000% right. <laughs> Michael, we've had this conversation before. I've said, this is, this is what comes in. This is the inherent conflict of being like a black sports fan, right? Where it's like, do I vote for Mayweather or, Mayweather or McGregor, right? They're both terrible people, but hey, we're going to go with the black person. That is how white people watch sports as well. And there is an antipathy and an anger towards Deion Sanders for being effective, for being a better salesperson, for bringing attention to college sports that no one else has been able to get. And you have people who hate him for being successful. They hate him for being black. They hate him for being black. And did I mention they hate him for being black? 
and proud <laughs> and happy. And to the degree that we mm-hmm. pretend that that is not an undercurrent of every every amount of attention, certainly negative that comes on Deion Sanders. We're doing the world at the service because I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, the anger that you saw from Lanning going into that game was above and beyond anything that you need to see from an Oregon team that is highly respected, highly known and ranked 10th. That man was angry like Dion took his prom date and we know that that wasn't driven by his desire to make sure they didn't go three and one. Yeah, and, and, and Mike, it's not that just De- like he wasn't angry like Dion took his prom date. He was angry like, oh, Dion's about to take my recruit. Maybe, yeah. maybe oh, coming geez. up in this recruiting cycle, Dion's about to take my recruit, which kind of puts my standing uh, in, in jeopardy because, hey, they might, they ain't supposed to be doing this. They won a game last year. They've already won. They, why are they getting all this attention? And how's he going? He's 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 charismatic. He's going to draw people. Because I I'm gonna tell you this, Mike. I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna oversimplify to make the point. I okay. think 90% of college coaches can't coach. I think 90% of them ain't really strategists. They're great recruiters. And yeah. so if you have a great recruiting class, you're gonna you're gonna overwhelm somebody who is like this tactician and is cerebral and has three star recruits going up against your five star recruits. It ain't gonna work for them. You're gonna beat them even though maybe they're more strategic than you are. So this is a recruiting game and Deion Sanders is is the fly in the ointment and people don't like it. What do you think, Mike? Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and one thing about having a great college recruiting class or not a great college recruiting class is it exposes coaches for who they are because good coaches can take the three and four star players and be competitive and be top 10 teams. Whereas you can have say Texas A&M always have a great recruiting class, whatnot, and they have underachieved over the last couple of seasons under Jimbo Fisher. So yeah, maybe it is true that sometimes you will be exposed. And absolutely. I do believe when, when it came to Dan Lanning, he looked at it as like, it's the attention and the jealousy and the attention that they're getting when, hey, look over here. We're a top 10 team. We were a top 10 team. Oh, we got a, a Heisman Trophy winning, a Heisman Trophy candidate as quarterback as well. We got a great offense. And oh, by the way, we got a really good defense and we got great facilities and great uniforms and nobody's paying attention to us. So if you think Oregon feels that way in Dan Lanning, what do you think they're doing at USC right now? What do you think Kayla Williams is thinking right now? Some of the players are feeling the same way. So it's not just the coaches. It's just that some of the coaches are coming out and saying that to fire their team up, which is hat, which is work. But a lot of these players are doing the same thing too because it's been about Shador. And it should have been about Shador. It was about Prime. And it should have been about Prime. And it was about Travis Hunter. And it should have been about Travis Hunter. But there are so many other great players around the nation who aren't getting half the attention that they are getting right now. But Colorado was a great story. And once again, since Dion is this dynamic and there's only one, when God made primetime, he not only threw away the most, he's like, you know what? I can't even use this anymore. This is so phenomenal. He deserves all the attention he's getting because he is dynamic. And guess what? That's why I told you when I came on the show last week. I said, look, they're going to win maybe six, seven games. That's going to be a phenomenal season because that's going to be double the amount that anybody predicted. But wait till Exactly. Wait till Exactly. That's what it ain't even about right now. They're scared about next year and how good they're going to be next year. That's right. Doc, we're short on time. So I want to get you before uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, you are you are the person I want to ask about this. Uh, tell me quickly in in, uh, in, in 45 seconds or, or, or fewer. Tell me why uh, the writer's strike being over is significant in your opinion. 45 seconds on the writer's strike over. 
we have been on a hot strike summer. We got we got farm workers, we got factory workers, we got everybody striking. But the writer strike and the actor strike, which is still going on, but the writer strike being over soon is huge. And the reason it's huge is because a lot of times in America, we don't give people who do entertainment the respect that they deserve. We think, all right, well, miners and factory workers, that's real work. But people who provide the billions of dollars of entertainment, whether it's on the field or on the screen, we don't give them enough respect. So the fact that they held together and fought against large giant corporations and said, you will respect the work that we provide. If you can make a billion dollars off my TV show, you can pay me $400 every time you rerun my show on Netflix. That was an important move in the overall labor conversation in this country. And I hope that the protections that they've gotten against AI and residuals and everything else like that spill over for the actors as well, because we all need to learn a lesson about collectively bargaining and fighting back against the corporations that will exploit us and pay us as little as possible if they can get away with it. That's why Jason Johnson's Jason Johnson. He just broke that down. I think that was like in 47 seconds or 49. It doesn't matter. It was great. <laughs> Jason Johnson, always good to see you. We'll check in with you soon. Thanks, guys. That was amazing. Less than a minute. He's incredible. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You know what, Mike? Uh, this is a, a case of be careful what you wish for. Uh, Damian Lillard said he wanted to be traded from Portland. He insisted on Miami behind the scenes. The NBA came in and said, oh, what's that? What's that now? Uh, mm-hmm. Are you making a demand to one team? Oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, I pre- that's my preference now. Right. Now, uh, Miami doesn't have anything that Portland is interested in, and I can see why with mm-hmm. Tyler Hero as the centerpiece. So now, Dane Dollar, rumored to be going to Toronto, 74 cents on the dollar. The exchange rate is not great. Mike, can you imagine <laughs> Dame in Toronto? Oh, no. Oh, oh man. No. I mean, what do you mean about this? See, I want to see Dane go to a marquee team where we can have his, his skills on display all the time. And depending on what Toronto gives up, I mean, if they got to give up Pascal Siakam and a Scotty Barnes and some draft picks to get him, he's in the same situation he was in in Portland. So, he, like you said, be careful what you ask for. But I also blame Dane. Because the aim should have, you know, one thing about when you demand a trade, do not demand a trade to a specific team. You got to do that behind closed doors. Like, you got to oh, say yeah. to Pat, come get me. And don't say it to the media. Don't say it to anybody else because then, you know, Portland can drive up the price. 
Mike, that's why you're so smart. Mike, that's why you're so smart. Listen to Mike Hill. It's a game. You got to have game. Dame, you got to have game. You got to have, you know, you see like uh, Rich Paul, when he got Anthony Davis uh, to the Lakers, they start that. They start that whole campaign early and they start working Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and then they get it to happen. You can't just be like, you can't be popping up late after the draft. Be like, oh, I want to be traded. It's too late. Too late. You got to have, you you got to have somebody behind the scenes working with you. Uh, let's talk about right. this. Last night, uh, the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles were not on their A game. As a matter of fact, uh, Jalen Hurts had his flu game going. Eagles win anyway. They're 3-0. Here's Hurts on the all-around team effort. You got three wins down, and so we're going we're gonna to continue to build off of that. We're going to continue to build as a team, hold each other accountable, grow, 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 and learn. You know, that's the name of the game. You know, I think... For me, I've sat here. <clears throat> I've sat here and I've said, after wins and after after great wins and after uh, you know some tough losses, you know the, the motto is getting better and keeping the main thing the main thing. You know, and that that's what we'll continue to do. Mm. Okay, look, look, Mike. I'm just saying, like that smooth brother right there. That's not just my quarterback. I want him. Mm. If I get into trouble, that's my attorney. I don't care if you didn't go to law school. You're my attorney. Uh, mm. That's my president. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a smooth. That's a smooth dude. You can tell he's sick. You hear his voice. You can tell he's still struggling with symptoms, flu symptoms. That's yeah, just a smooth dude, man. I, I'm a, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. Uh, you know what? I'm an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. It hurt me when he left to go to Oklahoma, and I understood why. But I love Jalen Hurts from the. They're a good-looking dude. I want my daughters, both of them, to marry Jalen Hurts <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and the Eagles, and they're, they're scary, man. And the fact Nick Sirianni said they're not hitting their stride yet, they're the best team in the league. I don't care what the Dolphins did. They're still the best team in the league right now. Oh, man. And they're not even on it yet. They're not even on their game yet. They haven't really played Philadelphia Eagles football. They're 3-0. and And in each of those games, you come away saying, yeah, they got a lot more there. All right, yes. Mike Hill, good stuff. You got you to come back, right? You coming back? Yeah, anytime, anytime. You know I'm there, brother. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 